You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. It is the Tuesday, July 13th edition of the show, the live version. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And it is also the Wednesday, July 14th podcast. So if you have not subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and knock that thing out. We would certainly appreciate it. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. We're heading into football season, so there are things that we are going to discuss. Uh, some interesting topics today, nothing that is major, but stuff for us to kind of shoot back and forth, and typically that's what Chris and I like to do. It's the whole reason why we started this show, just have a good time and talk sports like we're sitting at the bar. So with that said, go ahead and let you guys know. You can find everything you need to know about us, including every show that we put out, uh, every appearance that we make, etc. You can find it all at winningcureseverything.com. You can also find our college football show. You can find that on YouTube. Just search out SBR Picks or go to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF, and that will be your one-stop shop for all of your college football gambling content. Uh, August is right around the corner. This is the last month that we will not have college football. Well, I think we're, what, 46 days away, and uh, NFL is just a little longer than that. But at the beginning of August, I mean, Chris, we got we got preseason games. That's right. Like We got we got football coming up. So We're, we're getting – very, very, very close. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, uh, with that said, we're, we're not going to talk about work or any of that mess today because we have both been through the ringer, I would imagine. We are going to start talking football right off the bat. And this will be more of a philosophical discussion, I guess, just to see where we stand on this issue. The Ohio State Tattoo Five. Now, this is the bunch that basically cost um, uh, the, the senator... Uh, Jim Trestle, his job when he was at Ohio State, which led to the one year of Luke Fickle, then the Urban Meyer situation, all that kind of mess, right? Trestle was winning at a, a super high clip, and Terrell Pryor in that bunch went and got a bunch of tattoos. They autographed a bunch of stuff, all this kind of mess, and they got, I believe it was like a five-game suspension. Um, 
I mean, just all kind of NCAA trouble. And Trussell ended up losing his job because he claimed to not know about it, but he had emails that he was informed. I mean, it was just a whole mess, right? Well, under the current NCAA guidelines, the NIL stuff that went into effect basically at the beginning of July, that could would seem to be legal now. Now, under Ohio State's specific NIL rules, what they did was not legal, like under Ohio State's own rules that they have put in. But under NCAA rules, under NCAA guidelines, it would be fair to say you could do that nowadays. You could exchange autographs for tattoos or whatever. But they want their their CFB records, their stats and whatnot, to be reinstated inside the NCAA record books. We went kind of through this with the Reggie Bush thing last week. He wants his Heisman back. The Heisman Trust said, well, that's up to the NCAA. If they reinstate your records, then all right, you know, maybe we'll talk about it. It's kind of the same situation here. There's no Heisman Trophy at stake or anything like that. They just want their stats back in the record books. I don't know how I... I'm I'm not super strong on one side of the fence or the other. I feel it was a rule at the time. It was broken. You got caught. Is what it is. Like, how important is a, a stat in a record book? On the other side, I do feel like, hey, if it's legal now, like, it, it's kind of the whole thing with uh, if you got somebody in jail for weed... You know, and now it's legal in that state. Like, why are they still in jail? Well, at the time, it was still a rule. So, I, you know, I don't know what to think about this. And I was hoping maybe you could you could push me one way or the other. How do you feel about this? Well, I think that's a really bad analogy. Because in one situation, these people literally have nothing in their life change at all today that Correct. can be undone. All right. You're talking about numbers that will go in a computer. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm talking that, that was, that that was to the extreme. Up, you can yeah. look up those stats and everyone can see the stats of those games. They're just not in official records in the NCAA. So I don't give a shit. Okay. That's a dumb fight. Reggie yeah. Bush's thing is actually different because it's a physical trophy and award that was taken away that has a lot of prestige. All right. True. If they lost an award that they had won due to it, that's fine. Vacating wins and vacating stats, I don't care about. Comparing that to somebody who is sitting in a concrete cell who's locked in a hole because they smoked weed or had weed on them is totally different. Those people's freedoms have been completely removed because they did something quote unquote illegal. Um that that's I know not it's a good extreme. comparison. I, I don't. I, I don't want us doing that, and and I want to. I want to address that. But my opinion on this: this is a dumb fight. This is a, these guys have nothing better to do with their lives. Like you were railroaded for something that we both agreed was stupid at the time. All right. I I don't like Ohio State. I'm not a host, Ohio State fan in any stretch of the imagination. But I I didn't agree with this ruling by any stretch because I think it's dumb, and I think 90 percent of what the NCAA is dumb and wrong and immoral and unethical. But at the same time, man, that was a long ass time ago. What are you trying to fight? We have so many fights ahead of us. Trying to go backwards and fight something to change what? Nothing. 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 It's it's not even. It's not even that. Like, if the stats had been removed from the ethos, okay, if you couldn't go look those numbers up, and you wanted to correct that, and you wanted to reinstate them in the world where people could find them, that's a little different because historically you want something in record. 
But we have that. We have that in ESPN box scores and Yahoo Sports box scores and CBS box scores and, and every other pro football reference, uh, uh, I mean, pro football it, records, and, football. and all of these other databases. We all saw what happened, and there's a record of it. This bullshit organization called the NCAA doesn't have record anymore. But we all know it happened. So we don't care. Who cares what their records say in 10 years? They're not going to exist and those records aren't going to matter. Yeah. Because they're not going to be a thing anymore because hopefully somebody will come to their senses and burn that place to the ground. I mean, I think we are getting closer to that. Um, Yeah, I do too. Which is why I think this is a really dumb fight. I just feel like these guys taking another opportunity to admit what the NCAA did was wrong and call it out today. I get it. I get it. You want people to know and remember you and, and, and what they did to you, you know, you, you got a kind of valid beef there, but at the same time, I mean, are you really going to spend energy fighting this people for, for, for something that's not a reward? Like there's no payoff to what end is the question that I ask. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, I, I think if we start with them, because this was over a decade ago, if yeah. we start with them, then you can go, I mean, you can keep going back and back and back and back and back. And, and at some point, I mean, you're not going to be able to turn over every single record. So why even start? Like, everybody knows what Reggie Bush did, like, That's as right. far as what he did on the field. And, and, and you we can all watched still look him those stats trophy. up. Yeah, we all like, watched those him. Stats, those stats, it's not like a government sealed document that nobody has access to every if nobody had access to that information and couldn't find it historians of the 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 future of college football could not look the information up and see what your stats were i would feel differently about it everybody in the world can find what these stats are it's only in the eyes of the ncaa do they not exist exactly so what what is the purpose of reinstatement if that entity is not even going to exist in another and we believe, yeah, and we believe the people that are the gatekeepers that you're fighting right now won't be around in a decade. Your grandkids won't know what the NCAA was outside of the fact that there was some backwoods organization that nobody knew what you know what to do with. Yes, yes, you are correct about that. Um, I really believe that. By the way, I have a lot of friends and a lot of other guys that are college football fans that think I'm 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 crazy when I say that. In in, in 20 years, those people that are that are 12 years old and starting to get into college football won't know what the NCAA was outside of a historical thing. I think you're right. I believe I believe that. Yeah. Well, and if if it's not that the NCAA is completely torn down, it's that the Power Five schools have moved away from them. Right. Yeah. Like there, it'll, there'll it'll be, be a way. so different yeah. than what it is originally that it, it it'll it'll just be different. I mean, it already looks different than it did you know thirty years ago. So correct. You know, it it everything changes. Everything changes, my friend. All right, talking about college football, we'll stay on that for just a little bit. Dennis Dodd. You know, we love Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, all that good stuff. He's been covering this sport for years and years. Every year at CBS Sports, he puts out his annual hot list. Oh, by the way. McKinnon jumped in on YouTube, said, Howdy, gents. If anybody else would like to dive in on the comments, feel free to do so. It's going to populate right there in your bottom left-hand corner of your screen, no matter what platform you talk from, whether it's Periscope, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, etc. So go ahead and dive in if you would like to. Um, so he released his his hot seat standings, right? And, and the year after COVID is kind of strange to figure out 
what the pulse is, what the temperature is like for some of these jobs, right? And you and I have talked about a couple of them back and forth, trying to figure out, okay, what, um, you know, what, who, who really is on a hot seat right now? He has three of them that are in win now or be fired mode. And, and I don't know that I necessarily agree with two of his three. So I'll go ahead and start with those, okay? Okay. The first one is Justin Fuente. Now, I agree 100%. Virginia Tech, I, I, I believe he has to win this year. Like, I, I think he's gotten himself to that point. Um, Jamal Cooper jumps in and said, I just found you guys, and this is my new favorite show. That's what I'm talking Thank about. Thank you, man. The it's internet's nice. not always such a hateful-ass place. Thanks, Jamal. <laughs> you got that right. Hey, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss all the other stuff, my friend. Yeah, um, man. So, I, I, Justin Fuente, yes. You, you tend to agree? Yeah, I know. As much as we love Fuente, and we are Fuente dudes, it is, it is time. Yes. You better win something this year. You you keep losing to to whatever the FCS schools are Old that you keep playing, and, yeah. then then you got a problem, all right? Yes, you are correct about that. Uh, Scott Frost at Nebraska and Randy Edsel at UConn. I don't know that I agree with these. Uh, okay. Reason being, all right, Frost, oh, like, okay, wait, go wait, ahead. wait, wait. You don't agree that it's, you don't. You I don't think they have to win this season. Okay, but do you think they should have to win this season? I, and you just think that the administration there doesn't care about football enough or whatever the logic is behind the administration, they're not going to do it. Or is it both? I think it's a combination. I okay. think I think it's a combination. I think I think Frost, like, yeah, you, you need to start showing some signs of improvement here, but I we're not we're not on the final uh rung of, of his ladder yet. I also want I also want explanations of what is win now. If your Scott Frost is uh eight and four uh win now season, is it seven and five a win now season? Are those both fireable? I mean, are we talking ten and two or bust? No, no, no. He's talking bowl game or bust. Like that's oh, what damn. six and six? Yeah. Six and six, that's the level of win now or bust. Uh yeah, you gotta show some kind of a, a some kind of improvement this season, I think. <laughs> Boy, and, that is a listen. It's, it's a it's a it's a wonder neither one of these schools are SEC schools, okay? Because because Auburn just fired the shit out of a guy because because he didn't win ten games two years in a row back to back. All right, LSU fired the shit out of the winningest coach at LSU because he didn't win ten games two years back to back. Nine wins will get your ass canned, okay? Uh, yes. And you're talking six and six will save a job. It's it's pretty at big boy schools. This is not six and six at Rutgers or Maryland. This is six and six at Nebraska and and uh, and and Virginia Tech. I mean, God, when we were in high school, Vitek was the shit. They were on the top of the football heat. They didn't win championships, but they were always in that conversation as the ACC team. Yes, yes. Uh, and now six and six is a job saver. Are you kidding me? And so Jamal said you guys are missing one. Uh, he said Clay Helton, but I, we're we're going to get to that. We're going to get well, to yeah, that. Yeah, this is this is what this guy Dennis Dodd his list, and we're just going through his list. So, I don't think Clay Helton's a five, right? No, he's not a five. Um, I didn't see that. Randy Edsel at, at a five. This is a program that that didn't play last year, and <laughs> for whatever reason they don't. Um, care about football yeah they don't care about football so why would they fire randy edsel like so this is one where i was curious i'm i'm, I'm splitting hairs but i'm asking the 
is this you think he's wrong about the administration or you think he's wrong because they shouldn't be on the list? Because this is one where I 100% think he should be a five. And yeah, I, I don't just, think he will be a five because I don't think he's on the hot seat. That's that's it. But I he think, should be on the hot seat. I think because that school doesn't give a damn uh, yeah. that he's that he's not on the hot seat. I agree maybe with he that. should, but I also wonder if you're not getting any kind of support from the university for your program. What what exactly are the expectations? So what is a hot seat if nobody cares? Right. That's that's the ultimate question, which is why I was asking how many wins we got to get to. To, to not be on said hot seat. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hey, by the way, Patrick, He's got my boy Orgeron as a four. Yes. I'm telling you, if Orgeron goes six and six, it, it, it's going to be pretty toasty. Yes. Uh, Patrick that's Houston a different situation. Jumped in on YouTube. He said, wouldn't the schools just create a governing body to legitimize their theft in place of the NCAA? Uh, yeah, they're going to create their own thing. Oh, but. somebody's going to turn into the son of a bitch and start stealing from folks. That's <laughs> that's what we do in this country. We we demonize one group of people for being so horrible at their job. And then another group of people rise up, take power, take control. And they start doing the same shit. The other people are doing because the other people were making a lot of money doing it. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Like that will continue on. That will just continue on forever and ever. <laughs> so um, the other names on this list, the, the fours here, there are six of them. Herm Edwards, and we all know about that one. That's right? a different situation, That's though. Different. That's not a win-now situation. That's where I think this is wrong. Ed Orgeron. Now, we yeah. just talked about that. Uh, yeah, if he goes 6-6, six and six, that's a problem. But, uh, yeah. you know, anything above that, if he, if he goes 8-4, and four, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, so no, I can, Ed, I can see. Ed is 100% not on the hot seat. There, are, We've talked about this multiple times on the show. I don't mean to keep cutting you off. I apologize no, about you're that. Good. You're good. Um, yeah, I'm a little hyper right now. I don't know why either. I haven't eaten or drank anything in a long time. Um, I... I I think the media really likes the idea of Ed Orgeron being on the hot seat because he's an interesting character. Yes. And when, when LSU about. was bad last year, they had nothing to talk about, Ed, but he's a good guy to talk about. He's an interesting person to bring up and to write about. And so we have to write these negative stories because he's not good enough right now to write about the good stories. But those negative stories, I fully believe, are complete farce. I just I I know too many people down in Baton Rouge, too many people connected to this program, and, and too many people are just general fans of the team, and zero of them are upset with him. They we want to win, but but he's not getting fired, guys. Not 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 after this year. Not unless he gets in trouble doing I mean, something. Yeah, wrong. if it's if it's part of the stuff that's going on. Uh, yeah, if we have a less mild situation come yeah. out, that's that's I'm not speaking to that though. Yeah, we're talking just about wins and losses, hot seat, and and there's he's just not getting fired. That's just not how this is going to go down. That's a media thing. They're just trying to write about him because he's an interesting guy to write about. Yes, uh, two of these names. So we'll we'll do these two, and then we'll talk about the the two big ones. Uh, okay. Walt Bell, number four. He's at UMass uh, again. How much of this is hot seat? How how hot is the seat at UMass? Like, do they care about football? Probably not. You know, he's only been there for two years, and last year was a COVID year. So, I don't think it's that hot. And then Dana Demel at UTEP. Um, you know, again, it's UTEP. Like, he won three games last year. It's the first time that they've won three games there in what feels like a decade. I was just about to say, that's like the best season they've had in a long time. Yes. Now, granted... One win was over Louisiana Monroe, and two were over FCS teams. But, like, 
what are we doing? You know, it, I, I'm curious, like, if, if he if he doesn't do something to get, like, at three to five wins this year, yeah, maybe he's in a little bit of trouble because you got to figure out something if he's not the guy. But I don't think it's that hot there. I don't think it's crazy. Um, the two big names here are Clay Helton at USC. He's a four. He is, I mean, he's been on the hot seat for years now. I mean, we're talking like three, four years, but he had, had, I felt like he had kind of worked his way off of that when he hired Graham Harrell as the offensive coordinator. USC will continue to win eight, nine games a year, 10 games a year, whatever it is. They will never be in national title contention. And until that program gets to a point where they want to get serious, I think he's going to continue to be there. Like, that's all it is. So, I, I don't know that he's really on the hot seat. Um, and then the other one is Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Harbaugh, like, landed a... So, he signed an extension, and it was a drop-down in pay. Yep. And I don't know... that it, it might make it easier to fire him, but his buyout is still, you know, pretty high up there. Why would you fire him a year after he signs an extension... Uh, unless they go, you know, if he ends up three and nine or four and eight or something like that, then yeah, it, it's seven and five. Like you're working through a rebuilding year, you're trying to figure some stuff out. You got a whole new batch of recruits coming in. I don't see him going anywhere. I don't see this becoming a hot seat situation. I this this feels like it should be a three, if nothing else. Yeah, like, I agree. you kind of feel the same. Yeah. I, um. So I want to get back to to uh, the UMass situation. Dan Wetzel has this opinion who Dan Wetzel's Yahoo sports writer, one of our favorite sports writers. He is my favorite sports writer. Um, love the guy. And he graduated of UMass. He's an alum. Uh, and he's, he's got a joking opinion. And I've been thinking about it more and more since I've heard him talking about this for the last several months, jokingly, UConn and UMass should merge their two programs into one football program. Send the money together and create a New England United college football team. I'd be totally fine um, with that. <laughs> and and so I looked up what I was doing. I was looking up how far apart the schools are. They're about an hour and a half away from one another. So you got a, you got a little bit of a drive for one school or the other, um, unless you want to send both of them forty five minutes and buy a facility somewhere in the middle of you know Connecticut or Massachusetts. Um, I I know that sounds ridiculous. I really like that idea, and I wonder, is there any conceivable way the administrations of those two places could say it's better to be in D1 football, it's better to be in FBS, and and come together and split that money than it is for both of those programs to drop down and make what they can make at the lower level? Because I think even at the lower level, they're getting their ass kicked and they're making no money. You're probably right. It's now costing the money unless now UMass is great about going and taking that paycheck. UConn doesn't do that very often, but UMass, they, they going to go out and they're getting paid two, three million, oh, not three million, so about a million and a half, two million dollars, two to three times a year to take an ass whooping from somebody. Yes. I mean, they're, they're both independents. Um, yeah. I mean, they, everything is basically a buy game. Like, there's no way to be competitive. Like no, there's there's just no way if they merged, could they be you know a middling tier program? Maybe, possibly. I mean, you never is know. That, is that conceivable at all, or just that that's like because you're talking about two athletic departments that if you told them, hey, you're going to cut your biggest expense in half, 
And you've got a better chance of raising your revenue by doing this as well. What's the negative? I don't, I don't know that they would be willing to work together as two separate institutions, right? Yeah, no, it just like, definitely has to be a marriage between two athletic departments. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think that's the only negative here. Um, but I just, I, I, I don't know how it would work. Because I, I really know. think those two, both those programs should drop back down. I mean, you asked, didn't they just get up to, to basically D1 yeah, a couple of years ago? It, it was not, it, it was five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, I mean, it was like about, a, you know, yeah. within the last 10 years, but not yeah. last year, obviously. So, and UConn's uh, been around for a while. Could, I mean, no, UConn's be been used. around for a long yeah. time. So, that, they're not the same as UMass. Um, it's just weird to me. We'll actually get back to the good teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, Eric Cotton, by the way, said, what's up, guys? Haven't checked you guys out in a while. Dying for anything football. Um, We're excited for football, yes. man. Uh, Patrick said, Chris, hope you celebrated Italy coming back against the odds of beating England. So, I, I know that you did. Uh, I did. And, I enjoyed that very much, my my my, my people. Yep. And Jamal jumped in. He said, I think Clay gets fired this year because of the athletic director. I'm a big USC fan. Clay has lost the fan base. I think the issue is, does USC have those guys that are willing to pay the buyout and that are willing to pay whatever it takes to go get uh, somebody better and and if you're looking for somebody better who is that like clay has yeah. kind of picked up the recruiting a little bit here lately um you know i i don't know i don't know what the well, expectation what is. i would what i would suggest to a fan would be let's give him this year let's let's give him yeah. an honest shot at this year have your criticisms every game have your criticisms but give him an honest shot because if he is improving and the recruiting is getting there which means Next year, you should be a little bit better than you are this year. And the year after that, you should be a little bit better than you are there. If, But if you get the results that are bad, again, I do think it's a fireball offense. I do think it's time. I don't what know are, what, what his bad buyout results? would look like at the end of this year. Like, what what are the bad results? I mean, I do think USC being a, you know, seven and five team in that conference is pretty fireable. Looking at yeah. their schedule, you know, they got they got a tough non-con against you, uh, Notre Dame. That's that's where it ends. Um, so you got a couple of pay for wins. You know, you still get a bunch of shitty teams in the Pac-12. Uh, I just I need to see what that buyout looks like, mainly because I'm just well. Regardless I think of the buyout, insane. like if it's an SEC team, like they are, we're firing done. them. Yeah, but I think them. that's insane, though. Like that's where we're different. Is I think the way we do stuff in the SEC is insane. Agreed. Okay. Like I'm a fan of this this conference. I'm a fan of one of these teams. Firing coaches the year after you just signed an extension means you should have to fire everybody in the athletic department. I'm just, I'm just like, like I know now you're buying out more people, but but that ha every head has to roll at that point. Anybody yeah. whose signature signed off on giving the extension to somebody and then wanting to fire them the next year, all those people have to be fired. Not not just yeah. one. I'm talking presidents. I'm talking everybody because we have to stop doing that. Hey, Jamal said, uh, but fellas, it's been over five years and he never beats good teams. I mean, I can't argue that. No, you know? you're 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 right. So the question Gary was 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 bringing up is something that we bring up all the time. Who who are you gonna go get? Okay, it's a, and it, is, the, it, is it James Franklin? Because if it's James Franklin, how much better is that? I was um, just about to say, are, are you, you sure know, the next guy you bring in is going to be better than what you got? I don't know that you can just go steal uh, a, a like great a Matt coach Campbell? Do you th I like, mean, do you think you can just go take one of the best coaches in college football from a smaller school? Yeah. I, I, there's, I, I don't know that there's a ton of people that want to move to California because of the tax rate and all that. Like, you'd have well, to pay 
or like extraordinary. I, I was I was numbers. just about to say you're talking about the the cost difference of a place like a state like Texas or Tennessee, where a the cost of living in Tennessee is a fraction of even Texas, much less California, and then there's no state income tax. Yeah, you you pay both of them five million dollars a year. Now 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 one guy's making two point five and the other one's making you know four point three. And Jamal said, so you don't think Matt would leave. Uh, I think he's uh, kind of. I, I don't shown. know. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I, I don't know. That I, but I'll tell you this: there was a day and a time where USC would be able to put out the word and get anybody they want. I don't know that we live in that world anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I there was a right. day and a time where every coach that's ever coached at Iowa State would leave for USC in a second, and they would they would do it for no money. You know, you don't have to buy their airfare; they'll pay it themselves. And and I I just don't know that we live in that world today. Well, no, everybody is making two plus million at, as a power five head coach. Well, so, but quality of life and quality of, of, of the way to live is there was I mean hell the the nineties and the early two thousands and the eighties California was the place you want it to be yes. and now you have people packing their shit and leaving California in droves, which means it ain't so easy to talk middle America guys into moving to california no, like it's a great right. place to vacation maybe you spend a week there on the beach so that's nice but raising a family there i don't know that a lot of people want to do that anymore no i think i think you're right i think you're 100 right you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, let's move off of that topic. Let's jump into the NFL for just a little bit. There is uh, new data out from old school football. So Michael Strahan has kind of forever, you know, in forever is a short term nowadays. No. But, uh, but he has been recognized by the NFL as the uh, regular season sack leader for several years now. I still think that the last sack that he got to break the record was kind of a joke because it was handed to him. But either way... Um, you know, 20 years now that the NFL has uh, has belonged to Michael Strahan, he had 22 and a half in 2001. But Pro Football Reference has been going back through uh, these old NFL game books and whatnot, and former Lions Pro Bowler Al Bubba Baker actually hit 23 sacks during his 1978 Defensive Rookie of the Year campaign. Uh, 
these, of course, the pro football uh, reference numbers are unofficial, but, you know, I, is this, like, they've used official NFL game books. They, they've logged unofficial tackle totals for decades. Do we kind of start looking at some of these records and and maybe go all the way back to as long as we have books? Like, why, you know... Patrick Why have said, we, we not done that in the past? I don't know the answer to that. Patrick, no, and Patrick asked, are we taking away the Brett Favre sack? I don't think they're taking anything away no, from, from Strahan. They didn't make his number smaller. They're no. looking back and seeing other people had more sacks in the past. That were not no officially No one just counted. went back that far and added them up. Yeah, because they didn't tally sacks back in like the 70s and Yeah, they just, they just tallied tackles. And, and so now they're going back and look. My question is, how much film do we have? How are they reading this? Like... I mean, these game I know books, they didn't call them like, sacks. Yeah, these game books, they've got to go back. I mean, th- this one goes all the way back to 1978. So, I mean, we're going almost 50 years back now. I, I mean, well, 78, maybe, we got plenty of film. All these games were were, were, were being recorded then, so that's not yeah. a that's not an issue. Um, I mean, I don't. This is stuff I don't care about really. Like you, you know me. I don't. I like to look back at history of the game. Okay. Yeah. And basically I look back at history of the game to see greatness or not. Um, nostalgia where we were and how the game is played now, but I don't, I don't really care about like specific records. Like none of that matters. If, if a player I loved had a record. Okay. And then somebody comes around and beats that record that I hate. Like, I don't, that doesn't change anything for me. I don't, I don't really care. I do like the idea of getting stuff accurate though. Like, yes, like you shouldn't be upset that they took this away from straight, but this is just one of those things where I, do you think the people, this is a completely different question that are going back and rewatching all this stuff and redocumenting this, are they happy with their life or do they just want to put the revolver in their mouth and end it all? <laughs> Cause sitting, that sounds like I love looking at football, numbers all day, every day, but just watching 76, you know, year football film of the Detroit tight lions, like just sounds like kill me now. Just, just here's a thousand <laughs> bucks to a drifter and, and just don't let me see it coming. I mean, maybe like, I think there are some people that actually enjoy this. They enjoy the stats. <sighs> they enjoy diving through the numbers. Um, and I think it's I think it's okay for us to go through and and find the actual numbers. Like I'm, I'm yeah, okay I'm okay with, with it being at. I, what we can't do is ten years from now or twenty years from now, another group of nerds lock themselves in a closet and then come out with different results from 1975. Like, wait a minute, hang on, no, people already looked at this and came up with it, but, but they were wrong and they saw it differently. And really, the numbers look like this. This is what I can't handle us doing. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. Uh, Patrick said, I know Derek Thomas is the true college football single-season attack holder. Yeah, he is. Um, but they were also keeping stats for sacks in 1986 when he did it. So, uh, yeah. it's, you know, it's a different thing. Uh, if we were relitigating statistical records, wouldn't be surprised if Dick Night Train Lane holds most records. Yeah, probably so, just on name alone. <laughs> yeah, well, and I was about to say, I mean, if you start going back to where they just didn't keep stats the way they keep stats now and, and trying to relitigate numbers – I'm going to bet our record books would look a lot different. They would yes. just, they just would. But my, at the, I guess, same question to the, you know, the tattoo five, Jesus, what a dumbass name. Um, to what end? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, okay. Yeah. I, at some point end, in time, like, I, I guess we want historical accuracy. All right, 
that's yeah. like that's that's fine but jesus man like we didn't keep stats on sacks back then so we just don't count how many sacks that person had like the game was just played so differently and we didn't know that tackling a quarterback behind the line of scrimmage was viewed differently than it is now yeah we yeah. didn't know it would ever be viewed as what it is today i i'm with you i'm with anyway, you uh, i just find i just find all that weird <laughs> it is it certainly is uh i'm trying to to pull up this uh this article about ben roethlisberger and i cannot seem to get it to to pop up about but, his diet yes so ben roethlisberger's diet uh has apparently changed and the the headline was uh it is even stricter or it, it I think the correct grammar is more strict, even more strict than Tom Brady with a new diet and weight loss plan per report. The 39-year-old quarterback is entering what would be his final season uh, as the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. I, you know, I haven't actually seen what the diet is. That's why I'm trying to read through here. But I, um, I need to know how long we've been on this diet. Let's see. Because uh, that sounds like a headline writer just trying to write shit. It's everything in this article thus far is is talking about his salary and and all this, um, but the only news is about the you know always oh, he's, he's on a diet that's more strict than Brady, like yeah. For, we, first off, so so I, I want to address this. Okay, I, I have thoughts about this when I saw that. My first thing is this: if you've been doing this for a month, congratulations. Okay, like. Anybody can do something really hard and strict for a month. All right. And and we'll see massive results, by the way. Like I'm I'm a fat slob who've tried a million different diets over my life. If I was to ever get super strict on a diet, I would lose 40, 50 pounds in a month. I could do anything in a month that see unbelievable life-changing results. Tom Brady's been doing this shit for a decade. Ben Roethlisberger, you stick to this crazy strict diet for a decade, and then you can say, "I care about my body the way Tom Brady cares about his body." I right? just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. Like, I don't buy that that he cares as much as as Brady. Just because he's doing like, something that might be more restrictive and harder, more difficult than what Tom's doing, doesn't doesn't mean that what he's doing is you know, makes, makes him going to be in better shape or whatever than Tom is because Tom actually believes in the lifestyle of what he's doing. And, and Ben's just a, you know, just a guy that's trying to make it up some stairs in the morning. Yes. Yes. I'm with you. I, the, the reporter is Ryan Burr. Uh, and he said that, uh, his diet is more strict than that of Buccaneers quarterback, Tom Brady. Uh, he cited a source from Roethlisberger's camp that suggests the quarterback is, quote, obsessed with his new workout plan in an effort to prove naysayers wrong entering 2021, said he will never mention the beating uh, beating he has taken in the media. But a source says from a dedication standpoint, he has never seen anything from Ben close to this in the past. He has been so driven since the season ended. All right. It's a but, good thing that if you let yourself go, that you get back on track and this come from a guy who's never gotten back on track, but let himself go a lot. Uh, Ditto. <laughs> it's a positive thing that if you let yourself go, that you ever get back on track. Okay. That's a good thing. That's never a bad thing. I want to commend him for it. It doesn't make you a fucking hero. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like, I agree. Like you're the one that if I got my life together and dropped a hundred pounds and became super healthier, like, 
That doesn't make me a hero. Congratulations, I might live to be 60. That's a good thing for, these are all positives for me, but all the negatives were all things that I brought on myself. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't, like Aaron Rodgers won't have to do this because Aaron Rodgers has never let himself get to this point. You know, Deshaun Watson hasn't let himself get to this point. So they'll never get to be called a hero like this. Yes. Because they just so far haven't let themselves fall apart. Hey, McKinnon uh, jumped in and said, that dude needs to stick to water and crackers. Uh, Patrick said, but does Big Ben's diet account for tequila shots served in Midgeville, Georgia? <laughs> or Milledgeville, Georgia? Uh, Joseph said, we know Ben's diet includes that six-pack of Corona. And Philip Wiggins said, Big Ben cares about Cheetos. So, <laughs> anyway, a, lot of, a lot of Big look, Ben fans I, here. Let, let's, see, let's see him come into show. And I'm going to bet he looks a, a big-time different, okay? Yeah. And, like, he... He he's really motivated because people in the media were harsh on him. Yes, you you're a professional athlete and you look like shit on national TV. Yeah, yeah, people are hard on you. Yes, yes, I'm with it's, you. Like like yeah, people fat asses like me who are in a million times worse shape than you laugh at you for being out of shape. Okay. Yes, you're but a I sit athlete. on my ass and talk on the internet. You play a professional sport. There's a difference in how we've chosen yes. to live our lives. We we can see the difference between the other professional athletes on your team. Yeah, that's right. And you. I look like a lot of guys on the internet. Yes. <laughs> you look like <laughs> zero people playing quarterback. Oh, my God. Uh, that's, let's, that's, that's the difference. Look at our peers and see which one stands out. Yes, 100%. Let's move off from there. Uh, I want to hit on a few more topics before we close this thing out. Wimbledon. Did you see this about match fixing? Uh, no, I, okay. uh, I've there seen are, nothing on uh, tennis. There are two Wimbledon matches from last week that are under investigation for allegedly being fixed, according to a report by German newspaper uh, Die White. The investigation was launched after several very specific and suspicious bets took place surrounding matches during the tournament early, uh, earlier in July, so last week. Uh, according to the report, suspicions were raised over a first-round men's doubles match there were large bets placed against a favored duo at, quote, irregular times. The pair ended up winning the first set. That increased the odds that they would be defeated. However, the tandem ended up losing the next three sets. Um, the second match allegedly is focused on opponents of a German player in a singles match. After that second set, there were extremely high bets that were placed on the exact score, exact score of the third bets and prop bets surrounding the number of service games. Those bets ended up coming to fruition. Now, the International Tennis Integrity Agency has not released any information around it, uh, but they have received 34 different reports of strange matches since January. Um, and this is, this is interesting. Uh, it's Russian, a big deal, man. I mean, this is not the first time it's happened in the last year. Uh, Yana Sizakawa was arrested for allegedly fixing, uh, fixing a match at the French Open in 2020, last June. So this is interesting man like this is something tennis is can... one of those sports where you can do this because all you have to do is get to a, a, a decent player or a decent team like a couple's yes. couple because if they can ever get into a situation where they're favored and they think they should win they do exactly what they did um and 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 i'm actually so this and this was some of these stories are back before like live betting happened unless you were in Las Vegas. So you're talking the eighties. Yeah, years nineties. Um I you know, I, I know people that were, were involved in in gambling scandals and in fixing games and stuff like that around here in Memphis. Um and I'm close to them. I've heard a lot of stories. And the way they would fix games, it's it's basically the old school um uh, it's a it's a financial term now of pump and dump. 
before the game, a couple of like sharp players would go and make a, a decent sizable bet on like the favorite. And then that would increase the odds on the dog. And if they've got the dog, the favorite is going to tank for them for whatever reason or point shave. Then once the game gets started or the match gets started or whatever it is, the favorite tries to get out into a lead, making a live betting situation even that much stronger. And then you make a second half play. Basketball is where they did a lot of point shaving. Yeah. Um, and now you're getting unbelievable odds. I mean, just crazy crazy odds on your money because the favorite is already up and if you start placing money line picks on the dog at that point in time you're you're getting stupid odds and then you just get a shitload of people to make a bunch of small bets to to not raise any flags and bing bang boom and you get a bunch you of made, money you made yourself a lot of money now they yes. were able to do that back in the 80s and the 90s a little easier um because it was easier to get to one or two guys we didn't have media these guys weren't super famous or whatever and you could find small schools basically in college basketball where one player on the team that was good was good enough to win the game and or lose the game for the team. Yes. So tennis is basically one of the few sports you can do that with now. now Patrick Houston said, you're just scratching the surface. Tennis is the dirtiest sport in the world. Yeah. That, yeah. It, yep. and, and, it, and it sets itself up to be that way because I do think we have a middle class of tennis where they're professionals – but they don't make any real money. Yeah. And the cost to be in these matches and to fly all around the world to compete at the top of the level is so high, but they're not getting the, the doll sponsorships. They're not Serena Williams. They're not that good, and they don't make that much money. So it's easier to pay them off. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think and you're the right. sports books all around the world cover tennis bets. And so you can get bets down in from everywhere to Dubai, to Vegas, to, to, to all over Europe, to South America. Like you can get any sports book in the world to take action. You can spread that money out easily. Yeah. And, and the limits are, are not, you know, super low. Like you, you can get some pretty no. high dollars. So, but, but, but even then you just do, you just spread it out. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Spread it you out. You get to but, a stupid number spreading it out. Yes. No, you're, you're right about that. Let's close out with a couple of uh, weird stories. And you Come know on. how much I enjoy these. All right, first off, uh, th this won't take a ton of time, but uh, Heritage Auctions in Dallas sold two video games last week that ended up netting them almost $2.5 million. Uh, Super Mario 64 went an unopened box of Super Mario 64, the game, went for $1.56 million. God dang. I am old enough now... To where the things that I remember coming out being like a, a huge thing when N64 came out. Now, those games are so ancient and worth so much. If I, I look back at it because I had this game. If I had not opened the game and played with it. Yeah, but that concept doesn't even like equate. I know. it's a, Because it's a game it's supposed to be played with. Like, what are we doing? But who in the world... Would pay 1.56 million. It's it's a it's a millennial. No, it's it's a, a Gen Z kid that's got a ton of money. That it's, looks it's, at this as it's nerd. It's nerds with internet money. That's yes. like like we with the the uh, the auction market for pop culture things in like nerd culture is just stupid. Like and it's getting to a point where it dwarfs sports memorabilia and it dwarfs like like 
uh, classic like old school cars and watch collectibles. That's um, insane it's, to me. It's really it's it's internet nerd culture is a is a thing, and these people have lots and lots of disposable income. Oh yes, uh, Legend of Zelda, the NES game, uh, that one went for eight hundred and seventy thousand, an yeah. an unopened uh, unopened game. Like I yeah. the the number figures for these, I cannot even fathom. Like no, I, no there's, doubt. why it, as soon as you open, like obviously they would buy it not to open it, but no. like, what do you do with it? Like I, I just I, frame I, it, put it on, put it in a shadow box, and oh, preserve it and frame it. God, man, that's <laughs> and then and then in a ten years from now, sell it to another nerd for one point three million. Yeah, yeah. This is this is an investment at eight hundred seventy grand. Yeah. I'll get more than a million here in a few years. Like that's crazy. Yeah. That's, no, that's it's just so what it's just what it's just what it is. Um, no, I, I I watch a lot of these like auction things for stuff, and I have over the. I've just always been fascinated. I, I've never had money, and so I watch other people spend money on frivolous shit. And it used to be cars. It used to be collectible cars. Famous people own the car, or classic cars, or historic cars. Um, and then you'd get into like like watches from famous people, and like golf clubs from like it was like like weird things that famous people had. And then we got into sports memorabilia, which was just insane yes. from the seventies, eighties and nineties, just absolutely insane. And now you're talking, if you can get like a, you know, a star Wars blaster that was used on one of the movies, it doesn't even have to be like the, like it could be like the lowest box office of the, th- the, the, the original three, but like I mean, that thing's going for like three, $4 million. Oh yeah. And it, it doesn't even no. have to be one that was necessarily used in the film. Like yeah. it's just one that was on set, like yeah. one of the that, backups. That thing you could buy like two of James Dean's cars for that. Yeah, that's okay. so insane. And that's a car. Oh, my God. All right, we'll close. But no, out. it's just what it's just the, it's that's the world. The people like, that have more money. Yes, it, it's bananas to me. Absolutely bananas. Finally, we're going to close out with this one. Uh, Do you hear about the the Ohio State Highway Patrol trooper? Uh, pulling the Heimlich maneuver on a guy that he pulled over. No. No? Okay. Okay, good. Um, Trooper Charles Hoskin conducted a traffic stop for a vehicle that was allegedly traveling at 94 miles per hour in a 70-mile-per-hour zone. Uh, Dash camera video posted to the Ohio State Police Twitter account shows Hoskin asking if the driver could breathe before helping him out of the car and performing the Heimlich. The man expelled a bag of marijuana. And then he uh, apologized to the officer. The officer said, uh, do you want to die over a minor offense? He received a citation for speeding and failing to wear a seatbelt. He received a summons for marijuana and was released at the scene. Um, But yeah, this is, you've seen this in movies. Uh, I happen to know a couple of people that have done things like this, uh, where you get pulled over, you don't know what to do with your bag, and you swallow but normally you swallow the contents of the bag. I was just about to say, I like, don't know anybody that's actually swallowed the bag. I yeah, definitely know some people who've swallowed the, the weed. In, yeah, the stuff that's inside of the bag. Yes, uh, I, I don't know anybody that's actually swallowed the bag, and that's what this guy did. Um, but he, he choked on it, and the guy, the cop had to pull the Heimlich on him, and he choked up the bag of weed, which I can't imagine. Be, like, I understand being in a pressure pack situation, but this is not somebody that I would want taking the final shot in a basketball game, even a it's even a church league game. <laughs> it's weed, man. Like I'm I don't know I don't know how much trouble you can get into for just getting caught with a little bit of weed in any state in the country. 
Like I'm sure, I'm sure there's still trouble to be had. Okay. I'm sure you're going to end up hiring an attorney and going to court. I don't know that there's any state where you're like getting booked that night. I might be wrong on that. Okay. Mississippi might be that state. I have have no idea, but, but I think like if you just got a little bag of weed that you could swallow, I mean, obviously he doesn't have any weight because you're not choking that down. Exactly. Um, then then I can't imagine it being something worth trying to just swallow. Like that is a throw it under the car seat situation. And, and just if hope they for the find best. it, they find it, you yes. know, but damn. I mean, my guy, or, or stuff it in your pocket, whatever. Like if you're yeah, speeding. Put, put this shit down your junk or something, but don't. Yes. I, like it's no, just stupid. You got a bag of weed small enough to swallow. What are you doing? Well, it, out it there, obviously man? it wasn't it, like they don't have how much it actually was, but it. But can't, like, I'm just assuming he was released the, at the scene. The size of my mouth can't be big enough to fit that much weed in it. Agreed. Agreed. It's unreal. Uh, but it, it was enough that the the cop let him go. I mean, he had well, he had a summons for it, but like, I, I, like, and the worst situation is is like this is one where oh, of course. I don't know. I'm not always the smartest guy in the world. Like, be like, look, if there was ever a time where I need to smoke, is is after this whole situation. Can you can you let me keep a little pinch? Yes. Just I'll get home. I'll get home safe. I won't do anything ridiculous. on the road. But <laughs> I need to I need to chill out just a little bit after this whole situation. Hey, Matt Miller jumped to A. Hey, Damien's here. He said, what's up? Nice hey, to see Damien. Uh, and Matt Miller said, very little. It's funny. People make bigger deals out of stuff like that and make the situation actually worse. Yes. Yeah. All the time. I really think if I had a small enough bag of weed to swallow and I was so paranoid, if I got pulled over, I think I would just tell the cop, hey, I I have this. Like, if you say nothing and he can't smell it, then you're probably fine. But if you just give it to him, he's going to take it. You're going to be out whatever it is that you cost. Okay, that sucks, but... It's better than fighting. It's better than doing all this bullshit. Yes. I yes. got to think the cop's going to be like, I don't want to do paperwork for this. He's going to put it in his pocket, and he's probably going to smoke it when he gets home. A hundred percent. A hundred percent of the time, man. <laughs> I uh, shouldn't say that. Oh, not all cops smoke weed. Even if they do, they're not, not wrong. All. They're not bad guys. Screw that. Oh, it's hey, you know what? Weed ain't bad, man. It's all good. It is all good. They need uh, to smoke but, after what they got to do for a living. Hey, you better believe that. You better believe that. All right. Uh, is there anything else we need to hit on? No, let's get out of here, brother. It, hey, Home this Run Derby. Fun. Home Run Derby was last night. Home Run Derby was fun. Yeah. My boy Soto did well. And uh, Pete, hey, Pete Alonso hey, is just a Pete freak. Alonso has made more in the last two Home Run Derbies yep. than he has actually earned career, playing, baseball. playing baseball. His career earnings are like $1.2 million, and he's, <laughs> or $1.8 maybe. He's made $2 million bucks at the Home Run Derby. That's just so stupid, man. So stupid. Baseball, but baseball is such a weird-ass sport. It's just a weird-ass uh, sport. It absolutely is. I will tell you, the new home run derby rules, and now I say new as in I'm old and they used to be one thing, and for the last, like, five years they've been in this new way, are amazing. They're just amazing. It's just yes. the best way to put this show on. I think so, too. I mean, it actually gives it, it a time limit. Like God, it, it's so fun. I'm good it with it. It moves this thing along. It makes the drama. It's it's unbelievable. They They are doing a good job with some of these new rules. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So we we like to trash talk MLB a little bit here and there, but they're they're fixing some things. So we'll we'll keep giving them a shot if they keep doing something. Nobody like this. wants to see Stanton and Judge versus Pete Alonso. Both those two meatheads can piss off. You are hundred percent right. Hundred percent right. Uh, Matt Miller said, "I want to see Stanton versus Judge versus Alonzo's." That's uh, that's what I just said. Nobody oh, yeah. nobody wants nobody wants to see that. He didn't he didn't really want to see. I don't, that. I don't want to see Judge. I, like I could care less. I could care less about uh, uh, Stanton. Like I Stanton. No. 
Who cares? Call me when those guys are good. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. You guys have been absolutely fantastic. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Go to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. All those links are down in the description of the podcast. If you're listening or if you're watching, it's on YouTube. Uh, click in the description there. Very easy to get to. Uh, you guys take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.